0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: From the fifth quarter studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coaching Youth Hoops. Um, Today, I'm going to be talking to Coach Scott about um, the pack line defense and something that he has done uh, for our coaching youth hoops membership site so um, coaching youth hoops.com go over and check it out um, it's a one-stop shop for basketball youth basketball coaches everything you need um, to take your youth basketball coaching to the next level so go over and check that out and let's head off to the podcast all right welcome to coach unplugged so if i had you on once before coach or once just once yes sir one, this, time, yeah, it was one about time
0: over a year ago like the uh, winner of 2021.
1: Oh yeah, so it was when I wasn't co- did I wasn't coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the pandemic. We were virtual, I think.
0: Yeah, that was and our first season back.
1: Yeah, we were yeah, 21. Yeah, cuz last season was our first. Anyway, um all right, so I just wanted to confirm that I couldn't remember that. Um so let's talk let's talk pack line. So w- w- what do you think the strengths and, and the weaknesses of pack line are?
0: Well, the strengths is just keeping the ball out of the paint, keeping those easy shots, you know, like the jumpers that are in the lane or the the, the layups that are coming, you stop them before they even happen. So at, at the level that I coach at, that's where I think most of the success comes from are those paint shots. And so that's why I switched to that type of philosophy of defense because I want to take away the, the easy shots and make shooters shoot. So and you're talking about
1: coaching at the at the youth level, um, yeah. So, uh, how did you come? I mean, how did how did what was the whole coming to this? And you know, obviously, like you said, it's hard at that level to be able to 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 do that. But you know, why why not a two three? Why not something else? I've always been a man guy, and just scrolling, I
0: think through Twitter and basketball content knowledge, I said I need a philosophy to follow when it comes to my man defense. I can't just go out and tell my guys play man defense. They'd need to know how and why. So I, I felt like once they knew why they're in a certain type of philosophy, pack line fit. And that's just what we can hang our hat on. Like, again, it was just something that I felt like, you know, you can, you can run the motion offense, you can run the dribble drive you can do, you know, whatever kind of offense you want, but, defense, I was like, I need a philosophy. I need rules to follow. I need something that we have rules for instead of just saying, go guard your guy. So for middle (laughs) schoolers, I thought that that was just simple enough to follow.
1: And what do you think the hardest and what do you think the easiest thing to teach with it?
0: So definitely now it's, it's, I think it's sometimes hard to do, but when I think the easiest part to teach them is just say, apply ball pressure. And the past two seasons, especially this one's coming up here, that's just what I'm trying to focus on is ball pressure, ball pressure, because I want to, I want to make sure that that guy who has the ball gives it up. And, and so the hardest thing I think are those guys staying uh, disciplined in the gaps. I don't want my, you know, again, it's middle schoolers, so I don't want them going out there and denying the first pass away but sometimes you know the middle schoolers they want to go get that steal and go get a breakaway layup but I think that's the hardest thing to teach is to teach those guys to say discipline in the gaps instead of going into and uh, denying that first pass away
1: so let's go back to the the easy part the pressure part so you want them to give the ball up is there anything else that you're trying to get out of that
0: when I tell them to guard their yard I say guard your space three feet to the right three feet to the left if you get beat beyond a yard you got a guy in the gap to help you out so i feel like they have confidence enough to one guard the ball and then two if they do get beat they have trust that there is somebody in the gap instead of somebody denying where the heck out and they don't have anybody to step up and and help so i feel like the, the pressure that they're giving the, the ball handler over the past w- one to two seasons has increased because they know that, okay, if I get beat because I'm applying so much pressure, I have somebody to help me out.
1: Right. I love guard the yard. I love that. I'm stealing that. I've heard it before, but I'm going to steal that. Um, I think it's also building trust. I think that's, I mean, I wasn't necessarily trying to get at that when I asked the question, but I think, you're the the, it's hard when you initially teach this offense for that trust that i know someone's going to be behind me (laughs) Um, i've said
0: that before to my players i said it's not a one-man show here defensively like yeah it's it's your you're guarding the ball but you got to know that there's four guys out there helping you out as well doing their part should be doing their part
1: (laughs) Should be is the key component to that should be doing their part i agree um so then, so, so then the hardest part is the, so revving them down is the hardest part, is what you're saying. Cause they're going, they're trying to deny. They're trying to, do you put any twists on it where you actually do deny or go for the steals?
0: Late game situations when maybe we're, we need the ball and we don't necessarily need to foul yet. We've been in that situation before where I just call it black. I just say deny everything. We're not, we're not in the gaps. We're denying one to two passes passes away extreme ball pressure but that's about it there's there's really no
1: okay and and and, and, okay so what what does it help you do in the entirety as far as defenses go like what's this what's the one strength of this defense not not teaching wise but what's and what's the weakness because I was like talking about the strengths and the weaknesses of something because you got to know the weaknesses to be able to counter them but what's the strongest part and what's the weakest part as a whole, as an entire defense? Because everything Strong- has strengths and weaknesses, I think.
0: Yeah. Strongest part, I think, is is we're contesting every shot. That's if it does happen in the paint. Um, now, the weakness is we have ran into a team or two where they kick the ball out. We're still in the gap and we're closing out on a three-point shot. That's where we've ran into one issue where we we hit a – a team that was stroking it from the three-point line, and we lost by three points, and that was the difference of the game right there so is those three-pointers. So, but again, the, the level that I coach at the three-point percentage is not the best. So that's why I switched that defense. But when you run into a team that can shoot the ball, you better be closing out and running them off that three-point line because they'll they might have some open shots. And and I said, guys, I'm okay with it. I if if they get some three-point looks, I'm okay. We got guys in the paint that are gonna. That are going to block, block out and get the refi- and get the rebound, but you know I I can live with teams hitting threes on us because we're supposed to be taking away paint shots, easy shots. If they hit some threes on us, that's my that's my fault. You guys are following exactly what I told you to do. So, is there any counter?
1: Does. Is there any counters to that? It, it, so the, so one of the weaknesses maybe giving up threes. How do you counter that? How do you counter it as a whole? Because you might end up with more teams that do that to you.
0: Yeah. So we're going to we're going to make sure that that gap that you're in is a little bit closer to your guy. We're not so far away from our shooter. Um, that way, our closeout is a little bit shorter. If, if he does happen to catch the ball, we're already right there. So we're not fully denying that guy, but we'll move that gap a little bit closer to our to our off ball guy. And there's then there's some guys where we won't even be in a gap. And you know, if I, we got a scattering report where there's a guy that's that can catch and shoot, no gap, you you stay on him, you're denying him one pass away. So we can get a little advanced scattering reports there. But you know, again, it's middle school. And we, but my guys, they, they understand that stuff. Yeah, shoot the guy can shoot the three, don't give him space, you know. So
1: it's not nuclear physics, uh, yeah, it's not astrophysics. Uh, what, um, so teach teach so I give you I give you a practice. Well, what are you going to do to teach it to my team? So I'm gonna give you 30, 90 minutes to teach yeah. it to my guys. How are you gonna do that?
0: Uh, well we're gonna we're gonna sh- uh, break it down into parts first and you're gonna be doing a lot of closing out whether you're one pass away, two passes away. So that's the first thing we're gonna teach is uh, how to properly close out, getting that good defensive stance. When your guy catches the ball and and talking about closeouts, we've got to react when the ball's in the air. We can't see our guy catch the ball and then go re- and then go close out. We're, we're we're too late. So we've always got to have vision on the ball uh, when we're off the ball, and when we do see that ball moving in the air, we're closing out either to the next gap or to our guy. So closeouts are a big thing. Um, and I've I've done a little bit of looking at like, all right, do we need to get specific on? Do we do we chop the feet? Do we do a stride stop? I've, I've seen some some pro teams do some stride stops. I don't know if we need to get that advanced, but just getting them into a good defensive stance ready to, uh, t- to defend. So we're going to start out that and then we move on to, okay, what is the pack line? We uh, Before
1: you go any farther with that one, before you go any farther with the closeout thing too. Um, I've I've spent like two years thinking about closeouts, you know, the whole, like, I don't know. There's different kid. Every kid's a little different with with how they can close out. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you if you go down that rabbit hole, it's gonna blow your mind away. And I don't have time to basically, you know, is it choppy steps? Is it is it run by? Is it high? Mm-hmm. Hand? It's like all that stuff. I just tell them I don't care. You just don't let them shoot it. Like yeah. make them put it on. I don't care what you do because some kids aren't fat. Some kids could they'd still be chopping if they and I, whatever. I'm not a this is the discussion in our staff right now about how to close out. I go, I don't care. Just close out. Like, how do you do it? And then we can give them all the different progressions of things to do, but every kid is a little bit different and what they're able to do, how long they are, how quick they are, how fast they can get there, how they anticipate, you know, low, fast twitch, slow twitch kind of, all that kind of stuff matters per kid. So I think it's so individualistic that you almost got to break the kid down. And say and and how you do that, but go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's for people that are listening. I think that's important to because you can go. It's like how to read a screen. You can go down that rabbit hole. Good luck. I, I,
0: and I think when we talk that specific, I don't want to throw too much at these guys. They're, they're 13 years old. They got a lot of stuff on their mind. I'm telling them one thing at a time. You got to so,
1: simplify. You're right. You got to simplify it. I found that out very quickly. Yes. Yes. Especially, it doesn't matter if they're seniors or 18, they still, they're still thinking about the same thing they were when they were 13, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when they figure that out,
0: then we got to, um, determine okay what is the pack line where are we going to be that when we're on the ball where are we going to be that when we're off the ball and so we'll start off with some two-on-two
1: i call it two-on-two pack so really so before do you put the pack line on the floor
0: yeah i tape it down with you know it's it's really simple blue t- blue t- painter tape easy on easy off
1: and i tell every coach that runs pack or even needs to tell, teach helpline or help side or whatever you call it um, the painter's tape's easy cause it doesn't hurt the floor and it comes up fast. It's like, yep. f- yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Um, so we'll, we'll, uh, just really work one side, one side of the court because, because we'll start off just passing the ball and the offense stay stationary. This is where you're going to be at when you're on, when you're in the gap, you must be inside this blue pack line. I mean, you can't miss it. It's blue paint painter's tape on a, on a brown gym floor. So. That's, it's really visual to these middle school kids. We, they have to be able to see it. I can't just tell them, Hey, be, be inside the pack. This is what it looks like when you're inside the pack line in this, in this type of situation. And then we'll progress three on three and, and then we'll get the shell. Um, and um, that's where we can get a little bit more live action. We can run some actions against them. Like, what are we doing when the offense is screening away, or what are we doing on their ball screen? But we won't get to that till you know, a couple of weeks into it. I just want them to know where am I at when I'm on the ball? That's pretty simple. I'm giving them pressure. Where am I at when I'm off the ball? Am I in the gap or am I in help? So that's uh I try to keep it simple with middle school kids, 13 and 14 years old. Sometimes I got to tell myself, all right, I was this age, <laughs> not, I don't think too long ago.
1: And how, uh, and how, yeah, a lot sooner than me, how, uh how do you, um, how much, like, so break your practice down. How much time do you spend, like, beginning of the season, during the season on this, like, in yeah. relation to other things? that? And how many days a week do you practice?
0: We'll have two games a week on weekdays. So we get three practices in a week. Okay. Um, so at the beginning of the season, I would say we break down our practice, probably 60 defense, 40 offense, maybe a little bit higher, 65, 35. And we're just working those philosophies and those those techniques on the two-on-two, two, the three-on-three. Three. I really like um, putting in some transition drills with that, too, because we got to know we, we're sprinting back. I put that in that video. we got to be able to sprint back, stop the ball, then get to where our position is supposed to be, all while the offense is still running their stuff. So right. that will right. come a little bit later.
1: Right. No, it's, uh, I think that's, I think that's a, that's an important pivot too. It's like, you got to remember not to give up easy baskets too, you know, <laughs> yep. uh, yep. it doesn't matter what you're running defensively. Um, so how much time, like, so give me a, give me a window, like a time, like 30 minutes, How you know, how a or percentage maybe. Yeah. So
0: let's say we practice from three thirty to 5 PM. And so we'll do, um, I would say like, The first 30 minutes of those breakdown drills, whether it be closing out, that's more at the beginning of the year, working on closeouts, two on two, three on three. So that'd be like the first 30 minutes. Uh, Then we'll progress into some offensive shooting drills, um, some team offense for that. The offense will last about another 30 minutes to 35 minutes. And then at the end, we'll do some uh, four on four transition where we're focusing on the defense and then at the end we'll do some scrimmage, so it ends up being thirty defense, about thirty offense, and then another to thirty d- defensive oriented team stuff. And as I'm te- as I'm saying, I'm like, God, do I spend enough time on offense? I, I don't
1: know, like I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't know. That's a, it was a question I, I just wanted to ask. Uh, so, uh, what do you feel? Do do what? What's the perspe- perspective of the players? Do they buy into this? They like it. Do they, would they rather do something else? What's the feel for it?
0: I had some really good teams in the past and I'm not saying the teams I have aren't good now, but I, they didn't know. I don't know if they necessarily knew their defensive ID because they were just super good at offense and they, they could kind of get away with some defense with some defensive flaws, but as I got into it, I'm like, I really need these players to buy in and say, this is my job when I'm on defense. This is how we're going to do it. And once that got going, I think they became a really, really good defensive oriented team. And the offense just kind of came along with, with it. Um, so they know it's called line. I don't hide it. I just want them to know, it's, it's nothing I made up, guys. This is stuff that you're, you're going to follow. It's like a textbook in math class. You know, you're following it. You're, you follow along with what's going on in the textbook. So, um, that's just how I developed my coaching over the past years. It just, I don't know, it kind of hit me like a brick. I'm like, we have, I have a certain offense that I run. Why can't I run a certain defense, you know, when it comes to man-to-man?
1: All right. So, I'm a, I'm a youth coach in Montana. I'm going to pick a state. I don't know. Why? Give me three reasons I should run this. All right, so the first one
0: is uh, it's just teaching good defensive mechanics. We're not just sitting on the backside of a 2-3 zone, not even worrying about guys on the backside, um, because we're, we're always wondering, okay, where's the ball at? Where's my guy at? So that's uh, one reason why I think it's just good defensive overall overall defensive mechanics <laughs> and uh two I, I think it really puts us in a good position to box out uh when we're when we're most of the time when we're off the ball we're going to be in the paint so we got to be able to find our guy but put, put a body on him and box out and i feel like our rebounds have done done a pretty good job the past couple of years because we're always we should be and i'll say it again we should be in a good position to box our guy out so that's another reason why i feel like we we're always in a relatively good position to uh, uh, to box out. Third, I think uh, when we're playing man-to-man defense, especially this one, um, it, it's you on him. It's, I think it's a pride thing. When you're playing man-to-man defense and your job is to stop him and I get beat, I look like the, the fool there. So I feel like it gives the kid something to, to hang his hat on, like this is my guy. I'm going to stop him or I'm going to make him give up the ball. So I feel like it's, uh, you know, like kids hanging their hat on or pride themselves on how how well they can shoot the three or shoot a layup or whatever. Well, this just gives them something else to be proud of. Like I can stop whoever comes my way. So I feel like that's that's good for kids these days. No, I think it's a toughness thing
1: too. Like there's a little bit – I mean, we had to play more zone last year just because of the team we had and we didn't have the time – with COVID and stuff, but um, there's a pro, there's a ownership. I I agree, um, that's like that's you know yes, there's help behind you, but you still got to be able to contain. You know, guard. I love that guard the yard. Like I said, I'm gonna steal that. Um, because it's like you're right. It's a it's a yard. It's it's like if you can guard that. I always tell people the difference between a high school, a junior high player and a high school player and a high school player and a collegiate player and a collegiate player. And a collegiate player and a pro player is who you can guard. Like yeah. that's the difference. Like they can all score.
0: Yeah, but, and that's what I was thinking. Like if maybe you got a kid that necessarily can't put the ball on the floor or can't shoot the ball, I'll find a spot for you to play if you can play some defense.
1: Right, and I think you're. I, what I think you're doing too is I think you're setting them up for success if they want to play at the next level. Like I can teach them a matchup zone or a one three one or a three two or one two. I can do that. If they can play man, I can teach them that very quickly. Yeah. Um, so I think as a teacher and an, as, as a coach, I think you're doing – one of the things that I think it does is you're giving them the fundamentals. People don't love that word anymore as much. But anyway, you're giving them their multiplication table so they can actually go do algebra.
0: You are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like yeah.
1: from the math teacher, you're giving them some of the things that they need to be able to go on. Now, whether they go on or not, I don't know, but it's like, I think that's one of the things that's one of the things I like about the pack line. I think it really does a good job of, um, all right. So any, any parting I'm going to, we were going to I was going to have, I was going to show his video and have him go through some stuff, but I think we've touched on all the points I wanted to touch on any parting points on the pack line, other than I live in Wisconsin the Mecca for the pack line with Ben yeah. and Bo Ryan. Yeah. With the Bennett's and Bo Ryan. So uh, you don't have to convince me that it's a great defense. Um, I sometimes don't run it just because everyone runs it in Wisconsin. Um, that's part of my theory, but uh, any parting words for, for a youth coach or a coach that's thinking of it, any parting words, um, any frustrations, any, any obstacles that you came in when you started doing it? Uh, no obstacles because We didn't have anything to like
0: force their brains away from.
1: Right, right. You weren't a you weren't a three two school, or you weren't playing two three zones, and then all of a sudden you came in and said, so that helped. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, No, I the uh, just it just gave my players something to hang their hat on, just something to focus on defensively, Uh, and what they knew that there's just a couple rules to it. You know, guard the yard, be in the gap, be in the help. Just really simple things to follow defensively. That way, they have something to know when they right. when they're playing. No,
1: I mean, I I don't think I don't care what you are. You, you, you if there's a reason the cliche is defense wins championships. You basically got to give them something to hang their hat on, because they all want a hoop. They all they've all watched the YouTube videos. I agree. Yeah. You know, the N1 videos, you know. Um, but I, I think that's great. All right. Thanks, coach. I appreciate it. And that was uh, very good. Thank you. Thank you. Sports Social
0: Podcast Network.